The Capital Golf Gang is brought to you by Golfdom, and the 2024 golf season has arrived. You need to get to Golfdom at any of their locations in Tyson's, Annapolis, or Rockville and see the latest in clubs, apparel, shoes, and all the golf gear you'll ever need. Get fit for the latest club offerings at any of their locations and let the Golfdom fitters get you dialed in. While you're there, be sure to take a walk through their fabulous selection of apparel that will have you looking great on and off the course. Golfdom also offers full-service club repair to get your existing clubs ready, so get your clubs regripped. Check those lofts and lies, or upgrade that driver shaft. Golfdom has been in the D.C. market since 1982, but they've grown to three locations as part of the Worldwide Golf family. You can shop online at WorldwideGolf.com or visit Golfdom in Tysons, Virginia, or in Annapolis, or Rockville, Maryland. Golfdom, live the game. Emergency nine here on the Capital Golf Gang, a true emergency nine, as I am in Phoenix, Arizona right now, Scottsdale to be accurate, as the boys are back in Virginia where it's warming up sooner than expected for springtime, but so much is happening in the world of golf, I can't wait till I get home to give us a full proper edition of the show. We'll give you 30 minutes today, a quick nine holes, and it should be good. First and foremost, Mr. Ronis, how are you, my friend? I am spectacular, Zabe. How are you? Not quite as warm here as where you are. Well, not quite as much, but there's been a couple of pop days, hasn't there, where it's gotten close yeah. to 70? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's been pretty good. How, how many people have you run through there at River Creek? You know, it, it has been a little bit of, uh, there's been a little bit of rain, but a, a couple hundred. Okay. John Gould, how are you doing as you're getting ready for the season to fully officially begin? Hey, I'm doing wonderfully. Yeah, we got our first uh, event, a new event, uh, kind of an opening scramble uh, on Monday, and we're very happy to get a 60-degree day out of that. It could have been really bad. So when, when not, do the, not Phoenix weather, but right. still good. When do the organized Middle Atlantic events start in March? Uh, we have a couple pro pros in, in mid to late March, like March 25th. Uh, we kind of ease into those individual events. I think those that's kind of mid to late April where right. we have our individual events. When, when do you think the season, Ronis, begins in the middle Atlantic, the golf season? If you were to say to an outsider, like somebody from elsewhere in the country, so when does the golf season begin where you are? What, like, what would the I date like be? April 1. You I like, like April, April 1. 1. Yeah. But, so you I think, think really that's think... when it starts. Ghoul, what about you? Yeah, I would say April 1. I mean, people play in March, but the season, quote-unquote, the season starts in April, right. even though handicaps are now year-round, essentially. But uh, I would say, yeah, the season starts in April. All right. All right, hole number one, our Emergency Nine podcast here of the Capital Golf Gang. Can't believe it, but it's actually happening. Anthony Kim has surfaced. I'm just going to throw this piece of red meat out to both you guys and let you work through it, chew through it, What's the most remarkable thing about this comeback to you guys? Well, don't call it a comeback. Why not? I just wanted, I just wanted to use that line, but oh. no, it, you know, <laughs> it's 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 interesting that all it took was some money to get over that insurance policy, right? You know, the the insurance policy he's been collecting since since he left. Well, that's alleged, and yeah. so far, Anthony Kim has said, "I'm not going to tell my story until I'm ready." I do want to know the story of why, and I want to know the story of what kind of policy he was actually under. 
Well, yeah. I mean, to me, the most amazing thing is like he hasn't been seen getting a cup of coffee. Right. <laughs> like this, this yeah. is truly a recluse situation of of sports that I don't know if we've ever really seen no. at this age. No, I was trying to think of a comp. There have been guys who have been out of their sports for a long time and have made a comeback. But they we knew their address. We had seen them around. Right. They right. were involved in the game one way, shape, or another. This was truly a where is Waldo? And he's yeah. back now. And he looks he looks a lot different. Now, age does yeah. everything to us, but facially you're like, are we sure that's Anthony Kim? <laughs> I know you. We were talking about it in the shop today. We were like, first of all, we came up with a score that we thought would be his first round over under. And then the second thing was, you know what? It's, it reminds me when I went back to my reunion for high school and the girls are like, yeah, all the guys look pretty much the same. They're just all a little puffier, little puffier, <laughs> right? A little, more, a little more weary at the Dave, I got a comp life. for you. All right. Comp the, the curious case of Sid Finch. No, no. Yeah, well, that was no, a fictional that was character. A, right, well, <laughs> yeah, John, that was a magazine. Right. Oh, that's right. Nice yeah. that, was, that was George Plimpton playing a prank on everybody as a great yep. American sports yep. writer. So anyway, I'm not rooting against him, but what a joke this is! Like this, it, I cannot take seriously. No, and it's just going down the circus mode of what this tour is, right? It's now just bringing it's an in entertainment product. Acts. It's an entertainment product. Yep. Yeah. It's not about earning your way onto the golf. Zabe, what would you set the over-under at round one? I don't know because I don't know how hard the course is. I don't know how he's hitting it. Although the funny thing was, rumors were, uh, reports were he was cleaning up, quote-unquote, in cash games. Back home, yeah. wherever home was. Well, we think it's Vegas, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cleaning up in cash games. Somebody had a funny tweet saying, hey, uh, you want to come back to pro golf? Yeah, man, I've been cleaning up in cash games. I think I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> As if that's yeah. a qualification. Others you bring some Vegas whale in and, and uh, right. convince them that you stink, and then you you take them for a couple thousand. <laughs> right. Well, there is, a, there is a Vegas whale on the live tour. It, it, and his name, well, what is his name? Oh, my goodness. Is Why, it Pat Brooks Perez. It's Pat Perez. Pat Perez. He's the Vegas whale out there. <laughs> well, I mean, take his money. Is is Brooks Kepka's brother, Chase Kepka, still on the tour, or did he get relegated? I think he got relegated. And he Pat definitely Perez might have got relegated, too. Okay, well, look that up if you could. I, I don't have a free hand right now to, to, to look that up at the moment. But, okay, uh, nothing personal against Anthony Kim, even though his hype reel video on his comeback ended with the words on the screen, Hello, haters, I'm back. To which many people said, what are you talking about? You didn't have haters. Now, right. some, some people didn't know you. Right. Now, some people did throw some shade at this comeback. But I don't know if that's hating as much as it is. If you thought you were good enough to play professional golf, why weren't you trying to do that all along? Right, I think well, the insurance. But anyway, Chase Kepka no, did get yeah, uh, relegated. He did. Oh, poor, poor Chase is I off think, the tour. Well, I think in retrospect, more people longed to see him, not hated him. They were wondering, yeah, yeah no, they felt I, bad for him, and 
you know, then you hear the rumors of the insurance. But you know what? He can clear all of that up in his first press conference. Well, that's the thing. As we sit here and record on a Thursday afternoon, we have not heard or seen his first round. Although, I tell you what, I have a hard time knowing when the – are the first rounds of these three-round clambake uh, boombox and shorts events, are they on Thursdays for the live or Fridays? I think they're on Fridays. All right, so what what does Friday count as when they're over in Jeddah? Oh, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> right. So either way, I've not seen anything from uh, Anthony Kim yet. That said, it'll be interesting if he tries to deflect questions. It'll be interesting if he's made available to the general media or whether or not he's going to refuse to get up on the podium because they're not going to require him to get up there. If he doesn't want to, he's going to end up being like club pro guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with a garbled face. face pixelated <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> I just think like the, 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 the insurance claim, who knows how much it was for, but yeah. I just believe if you're a competitor, if you believe golf is a legit sport, right, which I do and you do. And I think we all do. Yeah. It is kind of cowardly to just say, that's it, I'm out. He didn't lose a leg, for God's sakes. He had wrist issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I believe his last 10 starts, they all stunk. I saw somebody list his last 10 starts on the PGA Tour. I think he made one one cut. Yeah, I, I looked it up today, actually. First of all, he's got three wins on the PGA Tour. In his 84 cuts that he made, he had 20-something top 10s. So that's good. Yeah. Um, in his last year, I believe, was 2012. Am I right on that? Sounds about right. 2012, he had, I believe, and this is probably wrong, three made cuts, four missed cuts, and three withdraws. Yeah. It would, yeah. Disastrous. So like, what would be interesting is 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 uh, if Live Tour was around then where he could leave the PGA Tour for guaranteed money if he would have just done that instead of what we think is this insurance deal like because like so i remember when we were watching brooks on the on the the netflix show that was the big concern i'm just not sure if my body's going to be back you know and you go take that upfront money instead of having to play your way for that money not only you know so three tour wins is not much in the big and a big rider cup too but the rider cup tour de force on that great celebratory rider cup in 08 at valhalla with Boo Weekly riding the horse off the first tee yeah. and the exciting finish and Anthony Kim destroying Sergio and marching to the next tee box, not even realizing he had won the match. That was like peak Anthony Kim. The yeah. following fall, he played in the President's Cup, and I think that was the one at Harding Park in San Francisco. And apparently there were rumors at the time that he was partying a lot back then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then after that he kind of <laughs> fell off and got injured and then you never heard from him again never saw from him again yeah it's very strange i mean it's just really weird and it doesn't really i think lend much credibility to the tour that they would do this it, it to me it reeks of desperation no it's just a mystery we just we just don't know what happened to him we want to know that's the only intrigue but certainly he hasn't played his way back onto the tour or, or a tour it's strictly a PR move at the moment. Well, yeah, this, it's, it's this, a four foot guy in in you know in baseball. It yeah, is just that's right. Eddie Goodell. Stuff. This is minor league stuff. 
Well, it it also comes in the same week in which uh, Bryson DeChambeau, either being naive or ignorant or just choosing to lie through his teeth, claimed in an interview that the Live Tour has met, quote, every single one of the official world golf golf ranking requirements to get (laughs) points. That is flat out not true. On right. multiple they have made no move to do that. Points, yeah. yes. So either Bryson is a bald-faced liar or he is just delusional and misinformed. And it comes the same week that Taylor Gooch said his asterisk comment, which we're going to get to in hole number two. So it's not a good look that the Liv is like, hey, man, we deserve world golf ranking points. Also live. Hey, a guy that hadn't played for 12 years, here, have a spot on our tour. Don't qualify for it. Just show up. Right. Act. Total circus act. <laughs> right. And I, I think unless he's terrible or breaks See? again, he's going to be given an exemption for the rest of the year. So they're going to ride this circus act as long as I guess there's some interest. And by the way, Zabe, it'll be both. It'll be he will not be good and then he will be hurt. Okay. Because he will not be good. So you're pretty sure he's not going to be good. I'm curious as a golf pro why you say that. You cannot prepare yourself by sitting there and eating all. You can eat buffets in (laughs) Vegas and playing cash games with billionaires who weigh, you know, 600 pounds. It's not going to happen to go on to a a world-class tour, um, even though it's a minor leagues. What was the famous quote about tournament golf? I want to say it was Bobby Jones saying there is golf. And there is tournament golf. And the two are not even remotely the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something to that effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The the, the margins of The difference. problem is, is he going to be playing tournament golf? Is the shotgun with the music and all right. that stuff more his style? You just, you know. Yeah, it's still a, it's still a tournament. <clears throat> yeah, he still talked to, I did hear a bite where he said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to feel on the first tee. I'll probably be nervous. And I'm thinking, why? It's free money. Even last place gets paid. Right. There's there's DJs. It relax. It's it's, it's a fun <laughs> tour, you know. <laughs> Wearing shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So that clip I saw today, and it's Thursday. So I don't know if that was a practice round or not. He was teeing off from one of the actual tee markers. This was not a range clip I saw. It was a actual live tee box, and he was playing in shorts and a t-shirt and. Uh, sneakers would look like, although I guess they're golf sneakers. He looked like an absolute clown, in my opinion. Yeah, I saw the one on the range, and it looked like he had maybe had some long pants on at the beginning of the session and cut them in half to build the shorts <laughs> that were way past the knees. Right. I don't know if that's a rule over there. And then the T-shirt, and I was just like, whoa, this is Does this is really Does bad. the live have a collared shirt requirement? Don't know, don't care. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, well, we, we have shall absolutely see. no way to know. And I really, it's just no interest. I mean, they all wear shorts. So what's, I mean, you know, yeah. are, are we, are we drawing the line of the collar now? I, I don't I, think so. Well, <laughs> they, then, yeah. And guys wear hoodies. I, uh, yep. When the, when the little clip of Anthony Kim and his shorts and his t-shirt teeing off from the actual tees, what was either a practice round or God forbid a competition round, there was nobody around the tee box so you'd think it might be a practice round, but then again, it's the live tour in Jetta. That might just be a Thursday. Although I bet there'll be plenty of people huddle around his tee box to see how he's doing. It just, it's not good for the game of golf. And it started with hoodies and joggers. 
And that's yeah. where my golf buddies on the text thread said, see, see, this is all you guys that say, oh, what's the problem with hoodies? What's the problem with joggers? Well, here we are. Slippery slope. Yeah, well, it stops at T-shirts. Enforce it. <laughs> stop. No, it, it may not stop. They may go to tank well, tops on the live. The slippery slope. They the may go to shirtless on the live. Look, whatever Greg Norman thinks, we get him five extra viewers on the CW. He may go to. Perfect. Okay. Is that where they are? I didn't even know. Tank tops and white tennis shorts. Yes, they are on the CW. John Gould, please keep up. Yeah. Actually, you'll find that a lot of times you'll find that channel. You'll find Live Golf on a low number on cable systems where they park it before. The main networks the like NBC, channel? ABC. No, they like sometimes on cable. I've been to a few places where it will. What's that? It will. You're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Right, and it, and it's a weird sort of thing where I'm like, you know what? Maybe that deal with the CW is not quite as bad as I thought. Anyway, yeah. um, good luck, Anthony Kim. We'll see how you do. Rona says you're gonna stink. Uh, will he have a top ten finish at no. all this year on the live? No. Saying, top 20. Come on. No. Uh, well, 20 is no. top half, isn't it? I mean, that's no. not. 25. Yeah, right. Right. 25 is half. Yeah. No. Okay. No, I don't have that. All right. Hole, num 70. hole number two, asterisks. Taylor Gooch said this <laughs> week that if Rory wins the career Grand Slam by capturing the Masters, it's going to have an asterisk because the best players in the world are not all there. This despite the fact that quite a few live tour guys have already qualified for the Masters, and yep. Joaquin Neiman has been given a sponsor's exemption, or not a sponsor's exemption, but a invite by the committee. It's yeah. only Gooch who was in last year because his world ranking was high enough, and he's out now because it's dipped below the automatic qualifier line that he's out, and so he's feeling a little bit butthurt. Your thoughts? Taylor Gooch is a moron. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And what, why listen? Why would anyone listen to Taylor Gooch? I mean, you might as well listen to me. It's about the same worth, Taylor Gooch. Okay, the, forget the, who the said it. Is there any merit to that point? Because no, <laughs> no, um, no. That's who, like saying there should be a, an asterisk for the Live Tour event this year, this this week, because. They got a, a guy who hadn't played in twelve years playing and took a spot from someone who could, and there's and there's four there should be an asterisk. The, the level of self inflation for this guy to think basically because I'm not there, Rory gets an asterisk. Right. I mean that is that He's takes still some stone. Who who yeah. are the who are the legitimately they should be in the Masters but they're not because they're on the Live Tour names that you could point to to go. Well, at least on this guy and this guy and this guy, Gooch has a point. I don't think there are any. The ones I don't, that, I don't that... think there are really any either because they're not getting any proper preparation. So, in turn, they're not really prepared to play in that event. So, okay. I think there's none. I mean, yeah, the ones that the ones that have a shot are there. I think. No, yeah, I mean, Bryson, Kepka, DJ, DJ, Cam Smith, any of the major winners in the last couple of years, John Rahm. Rama, yeah, I forgot about him. John Rama is yep. going to be there, your defending champion. Yep. Well, Rory was pretty generous when asked about this because, of course, the media was going to walk those comments to him directly when he stepped in front of a microphone. And, you know, I thought Rory so showed some class and pretty much saying, look, 
you know, the context of how it was asked and I think what he was going for. He didn't really take any umbrage by it. Rory could have put Taylor Gooch on blast, but he didn't. Yeah, I think he's he's just trying to settle down that whole thing because he was on the other edge of that and he didn't like being there. So, but it is classy, I think. He he could have gone after him, but he you know he just let us do it. You know, we're, we're all you know everybody on Twitter and everybody here is gonna gonna hammer him. So they he's they, also got seven hundred and sixty million dollars staring him in the face that might switch him over to that same side of the that's tour. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up. The rumors are out there, and the smoke is getting getting thicker. That he may consider a jump. Is that what you have heard the number to be, give or take, based on your well-placed sources in the golf industry? Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. And and you know what? He's he would be worth every penny of it. Um, there is he can't spend his money right now in his lifetime, and mm-hmm. for the game, the global game of golf, for Rory to do that would be as on par when Mickelson left. Oh, it'd be oh, bigger, I think. Bigger. In just yeah. career, legacy, impact on the game. It's just, it would well, be suicide. And, well, not only that, but because he was so vocal the other way. Correct, yeah. It would make him look like a mega clown. Yeah. Yep. You would you two with the, the number one and number two fanboys on the on the continent would would, uh, out. would lose their I still like yeah. him, but I'm out. I'd still so, root for him too, but I can't I no longer can love him. So what happened to the merger? May I ask? Still three weeks away. It's been three weeks away for like two seven months. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen now. They're not gonna take the Saudi money that they got the other money. I don't think they need it. I think there's a really good chance that it it won't happen. I so, do too. So the question then becomes, how much has this hurt golf? There's been a lot of talk about the uninspiring fields, about the random winners that nobody knows so far in the early part of the season. How much has this hurt golf in general, televised professional golf? And I guess my follow up to that or my second string to that question is if it has hurt what is it that's doing it because i have a theory oh shoot i don't think it's hurt golf in the short term believe it or not i think it's brought more publicity to it and it's made people go and click on more clickbait to kind of research the situation mm-hmm. um, but i do believe as you know i believe there's distractions away from the product at the core of the product, which is exceptional, exceptional athletes playing this game. So in that regard, I believe it's taken away. But the, say, the popularity or the viewership or whatever, I don't really think um, it's taken away. However, the generation that's coming up next might just kind of ignore it because it's drama. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I think it has damaged the the, the sport, let's say, the, of golf just because there's so much fatigue about money, you know, about hearing about money. Now that the uh, guys who stayed are going to get the money from the, you know, SSG or whatever that Mm -hmm. is. And, um, you know, it's just about money. One of the players said, and I can't remember who it was. um, And, and I agree, you know, we just got to stop talking about money. Uh, You know, we got to focus on the actual game. And and if, if those, if those randos would have won, 
with a full field, we would have been celebrating. Oh, isn't that great? This is still a meritocracy. One guy can get hot for four days and, and win any event. These guys are all so good. And now it's, well, you know, because we lost them to the live and everybody's not playing. It's not an elevated event. And, you know, anybody can win. Yeah. I contend there's only about a dozen live guys that matter, right? In terms I don't think of, it's a dozen. Well, maybe it's, it's only ten. Eight. Yeah. Let's be generous, called a dozen. Of the dozen that matter, on any given week on the PGA Tour, only six of those dozen may actually be at the event because they set their own schedules, right? Yep. And of the six that are there, only two or three may actually be on the first page of the leaderboard, which is all that matters to the casual golf fan who watches it on TV. Who's on the first page? Oh, look, there's Rom. Oh, look, there's Kepka, right? So it shouldn't be as much of a drag as it maybe seemingly is. But my theory on why it is hurting golf right now is because we know it's there. We know that eight or ten really good players have been taken hostage by a billion dollars. And they're not here. So even though they may not contend in a given tournament or you might not see them on TV, we know it exists. And that is creating a bit of an enthusiasm drain for the average golf fan. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. Again, it's just the it's a drain. So it's just something to not totally focus on the product, mm -hmm. which is is a beautiful product. It's a beautiful sport. It's the scenery that it's played in the elegance of a player swinging the golf club. And unfortunately, when you're thinking about, like you said, John, the money, um, it, it taints it just a bit. It's a shame. Hey, thanks for listening. You know, I want to take a minute to thank Buddy Christensen of Golfdom and his new parent company, Worldwide Golf, for being the exclusive presenting sponsor of the Capital Golf Gang. You know, my connection to Buddy and Golfdom runs deep. As the original form of this store was called the Washington Golf Center, and it was located in a nondescript loading dock behind a tire center in Tyson's. It's where I remember buying my first ever tailor-made bubble burner. True love. Since then, Buddy worked there as an employee and eventually bought and sold the store, but the legacy of Golfdom, now in its new location, lives on. It is a store filled with happy, helpful employees who both know the game inside and out and love it beyond all reason. And they have every single thing under the sun to help you enjoy it even more. So, if you love golf, and I know you do because you're listening right now. Please take a moment to visit any of the Golfdom stores in the D.C. area, from Tyson's to Rockville and now Annapolis. I guarantee once you're there, you'll say, I've found my new happy place. Now, back to the podcast. All right, yeah. hole, hole number three. Jake Knapp. Wow, who is this kid? What a great story this is. He wins in Mexico. And the backstory of him running out of money, basically, to pursue his pro career and having to work as a bouncer. They've got photos of him with the bouncer gear on out in front of the club. He has a swing that is hypnotically smooth, and yet he does not skip back, arms, and torso day because <laughs> he is built. And he's got long levers, John Ronas, and it's effortless. I think he's got superstar potential. Am I just caught up in the moment? Yes, you are caught up in the moment. Ah. But 
damn it. This is why I like the elevated events, because there are some events where it gives some people who maybe just just simply lacking the financial needs or the confidence or something like that, where they don't walk into a tournament knowing that even though they could win that tournament, that they got no chance because Scheffler's playing or whatever. They walk in with some confidence and all of a sudden they win an event like that. And now they come out the next time that maybe even they qualified for an elevated event and they think, you know what, maybe I'm just as good as these guys. Maybe I do belong. You need a break. Everyone needs a break once in a while. So why don't you think he's potential superstar? Well, he couldn't hit a fairway on Sunday. Well, That's right. one thing I would say as a, as a novice, <laughs> not as a yeah. instructor like Ronis, but, you know. He only hit two it, fairways on Sunday. That is apparently a record for anyone to ever win on the PGA right. Tour. I mean, and give us some fairways. credit for having a big, built a big enough lead and be able to scramble it around to kind of hold it together until the other guy, you know, maybe uh, lost as much as he did. Uh but, you know, that's that's not a formula for winning. Ronis, it you know, Ronis, got him that win. But. Ronis, he hit driver off the deck from 319 on a par 5 and rattled the flagstick. Yeah, I mean, look, that's ultra-talented and ultra-stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, man. Tin cup, I can I, do it. I love his swing. It's so smooth. What do you see? Look, it's it. You're right. It's all good, but it, it's just not about swinging the golf club. There's so many different right. things that are, that are necessary. I mean, you got to be able to pack your own clothes and get a hotel room, and you know, it's just there's a lot of stuff going on. What? Pack your own. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is just you know, the travel component of getting competing week to week. Are on tour. Okay. All right. Anyway, I, I'm going to be a big Jake Knapp fan. I, I, I love you this should. guy. He's, His he's swing is amazing. Man. All right, hole number four. What's the etiquette when you're traveling like I am now, and I was caught in a sort of I had to travel on short notice out here in Arizona, didn't pack my, my clubs. I'm playing Saturday with a good friend at uh, Greyhawk, and I said to him via text, I said, if you could just get anyone's old dumb, dumb, old, you know, garage bag, then I'll play out of your bag when we play because he and I are both Titleist guys. We are about the same handicap. We're about the same specs and everything else. I was told by more than a few people, how dare you? That's rude. You don't just proclaim you're going to get into somebody else's bag and use their clubs in a round. I'd have no problem with it. Yeah. If he's your buddy, yeah, he's a buddy. he wants you to play. Well, he wants he, you to be he out has, there. For the record, he has not objected, although he said he got me my own bag. That is a, a good set of clubs from a good friend of his. That'll that'll work just fine for me. I'm just saying, is that a violation of etiquette? Of, of the ask? You mean just yeah. the ask? Well, no, 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 no. It wasn't an ask. It was an assumption. It was a buddy assumption where I, I didn't ask. I said, I'll just play out of your bag. Was that too far? No, not for me. Not for you. Yeah. Okay. It depends on the relationship, but I, I don't think so. I mean, anybody <laughs> you want to play golf with who's invited you to play, they want you out there by hook or by crook. Yeah. If the only way to get out get you out there is you use my clubs, yeah, I want you to be out there. I want to be with my friend for four and a half hours. Dave, if I was in that situation, I would hand you my clubs and I would use the rental set. Okay. Like I just, you know, you're not out there often. I, I would just want to play with you, you know, just – Four but hours of time. 
I know, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. It's just a matter of the etiquette. That's all. I think when it comes to when it comes to that, it's only just a matter of you don't have to walk across the fairway going, "Oh wait, I need the pitching wedge. You have it," and then the driver. The yep. fear of the dodo mark is ever present. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's totally. If it, was, if it was a listener that called and said, "Hey, Zabe, you know, since you're out here, you know, I, I, I've got to get you out." Right. Yeah, you don't you don't assume to play out of their bag, but anybody that you've got any kind of relationship with, it's yeah. not a problem. Yeah, right. All right, hole number five, Mickelson's chipping lesson. I don't have the audio handy, but you watched it, Rona. So I'm going to uh, direct people to look to the uh, Live Golf account. I think or Mickelson's account itself. Club Pro guy had a funny tweet. He goes, "Just remember, kids, when you're taking this bit of advice, he's not a hashtag teaching pro. So be careful <laughs> with these lessons." Basically, Mickelson was talking about when it comes to chipping, you want hand speed, not club speed. And then finished by saying, and they say you should use the bounce on your sand wedge. I don't even know what that means, which surprised me because your explanation of how to use bounce has been the greatest single chipping tip and golf tip I've had probably in my lifetime. Well, let's face it. Mickelson is is a he's an idiot, and he's a, he's a, he's impulsive liar. But okay. really talented, but he's not also smart. as talented of a short game person as you'll ever see. So to be able to clip the ball off the ground and with the leading edge of the club without even hitting the ground, things like that, you know, he can do that most people can't. What Mickelson also doesn't say, and by the way, the bounce of the club and the sole of the club are different. I kind of preach the sole of the club. Learn how to use the sole of the club, whether that entails how you use the bounce or how much bounce or whatever, but the sole of the club is very important. Also, Mickelson has ping wedges that he's, that he used for a million years. And even his, um, even his, his, uh, his, his now is a Callaway are pretty much the same. And he also opens the club face every single time. So believe it or not, the, the sole of the club is hitting first anyways, before that leading edge gets in. Whether he likes it or not. Yeah. He's Whether he hinges- quote knows, I think he was, being disingenuous saying i don't even know what that means he knows of course what he that knows means. what it is he spent hours and hours and hours with roger cleveland doing grinds and mm-hmm. doing bounces and everything he knows everything about that so it's really dumb it's really ignorant and he doesn't bring the masses in he brings in someone who's got complete control over their hands and their arms and everything else. And most people don't have it. So, right. you know, if you're dealing with an elite athlete, yeah, fine. You might be able to talk in those terms. But how many do we deal with in our lifetime? In our lifetime, right. one or two. I, uh, I, when you were explaining to me about, you know, the architecture of a typical sand wedge and the sole and the bounce and the leading edge and da 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 I never thought of it in those terms, and it was kind of fascinating. I, and now that I've experimented with doing what you're telling me, I, I get it more. Here's yeah. one for you guys that blew me away when I first learned about it. And, Ghoul, you being – I think you're more of a hockey guy than Ronus. Ronus, are you a hockey guy at all? I, I am. I grew up in Massachusetts, so I just – although not did playing. Did you play? I, no, no, no. Ghoul, didn't you play hockey? No, I didn't play hockey. I'm a big hockey fan. I played okay. floor hockey, but I, I, I couldn't skate. <laughs> All right. Here was something that blew my mind. You ready? Yep. How many edges are on a pair of ice skates? How many edges are on a pair of ice skates? It's a lot, I think. I um, eight. Ronas? Um, I actually, I believe it's just four. That's what you would think. Ghoul, you're correct. 
it's eight. This was explained to me yep. and I go, get out of here. But you have to look at a blade almost in profile and imagine the bottom of the blade being slightly curved so it's not flat. It doesn't sit flat across on the blade. So there is an inside edge and an outside edge on the left edge of the right skate and an inside edge and an outside edge on the right side of the right skate and the same thing on the left. So there's eight of them and and skaters in hockey and in figure skating learn to use all eight edges in their technique. Isn't that mind blowing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we, I know they're thicker, right? I mean, they're, they're much thicker than a figure skating. Yes, yeah, they we, are. Yeah. When you learn how to stop in, in ice skating, the commitment to putting your body in a position that you basically should be falling down right. probably gets you to that outside edge that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. That's very outside edge. Yeah. All right. Hole number six, the match. Another Capital One nighttime golf adventure, this time co-ed with four of the most likable and telegenic figures in the game. Rose Zhang, who is still a college student, but is going to clean up full-time on the LPGA Tour when she's finally done with her pesky classes, along with Lexi Thompson, and then Max Homa and Rory McIlroy. And the whole thing drew nothing on TV on an otherwise empty Monday night in sports. Have they broken this concept by doing too many of them? No, I think visually, I think it's unbelievable. And um, But you need in every novel, in every motion picture, you need radio show. You may even say, Zabe, you need an antagonist. Yep. And there was no antagonist. There were four of the nicest people you would ever see in your entire <laughs> right. life. And so, you know, if your antagonist is Charles Barkley talking from the, the studio, it's not going to cut it. So... Um, that's why Mickelson was good for it. And when Brady and Manning were playing together, you know, there was a little bit of, of, of rivalry there. So um, they're just going to have to reshape it. Um, it was a cool-looking thing. I only watched a couple holes, but um, it was good. Cool. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't see much of it. I was, I was traveling for, for work. I, I caught some of it in a bar with the sound off. Uh, yeah, so – but the thing is, I didn't care enough to go – turn it up or go right. to the room and watch it. It just was not appointment TV. It was kind of cool that it was on, but it just wasn't enough to stop me from doing anything else. Yeah. I, I would love it if somehow you got people playing for their own money, but I don't think there's any way to be able to prove it's their own money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I would, you can come up with a million different ways to, to put the things together in, in, um, crazy ways whether you you have pros qualified to get into it you have um an amateur paired with a uh, a pro you have guys from lit- literally country clubs getting paired with a pro that the pro can pick so you know they're most of these guys are members at private clubs they could pick one of the players from their private club to play with i think that would that would be fun i think because you get walker cuppers and you get guys like that that are on there i think uh alternate shot with two pros and two 15 handicaps who are nervous as a cat on yeah. a tin roof. That would be funny. 
awesome. As, it would as, be awesome. <laughs> that might be the format that could at least pump some life back into it. But yep. what I did don't you know. think of the skins versus the uh, you know team you know four ball kind of match? I wasn't in quite as into it as the skins, you know, the two tie all side kind of thing. No, you want teams in those competitions. Yeah. yeah. You want to get on a side to root for. Yeah. Or, or you know, so, like the, there's some outlets like, you know, Barstool has done four-on-one matches where those four yeah. chuckleheads from their podcast take on Kisner four-on-one and still yep. lose. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the, the match play problem, though, is, you know, on a 14-hole match or 12-hole match, if, if it's three and two, you cut the TV product short. You know, that's – yeah. Probably. You play nine holes of all games. So the first hole's Wolf, the second hole's this, the third hole's that. That'd be fun, too. Yeah. Okay, uh, hole number seven. Charlie Woods, in a pre-qualifier for the Honda Classic, has a terrible day in which he shoots a 12 on a hole and ends up, I forget how many over par. And, of course, people were quick to go, oh, hey, man, you know, give this kid his space, you know, stop hyping him up. And I'm like, well, what'd you expect exactly? Your thoughts? Uh, good for him. He he put himself under the gun. He wanted to do that. He's going to have every opportunity to do whatever he wants. He never has to work a day in his life if he doesn't want to. And um, I say good for him. This How is did starting... he get into the pre-qualifier, though? What's the requirement? Paid his money. Paid his money. And oh, that's index, it. You got to have index. You got an index of 2.4, something like okay. that. But, All right. Yeah. So he's, he's clearly got that. Okay. Yeah, there's guys who shoot higher. He had a bad day. But, you know, this is the start of what he wants to do. I'm sure he he dreams, like many kids, of playing professional golf. He's going to have more opportunities than others. But this is what he dreams of, and this is the start of it. So don't begrudge him or begrudge Tiger for letting him do it. This is Charlie. Charlie wanted to do it. Tiger paid for it, but he wanted to do it. So let him go. Maybe next time he'll shoot 75 and then 70, and maybe he'll qualify someday. The, the dirty little secret I think most people don't know is He's not that good. He's, He's not good. ranked in the He's top 1,000 in the AJGA rankings. Did you know that? Yeah, but the AJGAs, you got to play in all their events. And, and I, you know, I don't buy that their rankings are anything great. It's, it's okay. based on how you play in their events. You know, and so you don't have to play in their events. But, He's playing a lot in the, the Florida events, Florida right. State Golf Association, the, the North Florida PGA junior tour but i saw a list so. of other it, it, rankings and it's not just the ajga but it's other right that yeah, it's you're, not you're that, i'm not saying he sucks i'm yep. just saying there's a lot of kids you don't know about who are even better right now right now oh, yeah, which means nothing right i mean it's it, you, well it's i mean it just early, means yeah i know Look, I mean, guys like Terry's son, uh, Zay, Terry Riley, Logan's yeah. going next year. He devour Charlie Woods right now. But again, everyone are they has, the same age? Um, I think Logan's one year older okay. than Charlie. Logan's going next year after. I don't know. They're close to the same age, but you know, Logan's probably ranked in the top fifty in the country, and Tiger and Charlie's probably in the top in his class, anyways. Probably a top three or four hundred. Right. So, yeah, it's not – he's going to have to to keep working to play Division One golf, believe it or not. Right. Well, this is more of a media story than anything else because I, huh. I got nothing against Charlie and I got nothing against him playing in this. It's just the media is so wanting this to be the thing. They're pumping him up. It's the same dynamic as Bronny James. Bronny mm -hmm. James ain't that good. 
despite what his dad claimed a year ago. Yep. And by the way, take a look at Charlie and Tiger. Charlie's still got another six inches to grow. Really? You know, I mean, yeah. It's it's a he's not a man yet. He's still he's still a, okay. a somewhat pubescent boy. So you know, give these kids a break. Let them let them dream for now. And um and, right. and, and don't don't say it's the greatest thing in the world if he if he doesn't qualify if he qualifies and don't say he's the worst player ever if he doesn't. Just yeah, there there was a little bit of you know kind of I would take umbrage with with the argument that hey leave him alone let him stop covering him so much and all that stuff. The PGA Tour you know posted that he's playing and all that stuff and you know obviously there was a little bit of negative reaction to a crowd i think uh you know that he had to deal with which right. is unpleasant but you know the pga tour is the one who who played it up if they don't put anything out nobody knows he's playing yep yeah. no, cover right. him it's news it's newsworthy all right yep. uh hole number eight should we be building more courses again in the u.s we went through a golf course building boom in the late 90s into the 2000s the tiger boom a lot of courses got built Yep. Now, participation numbers, as you know, Mr. Gould, post-pandemic, have boomed and tee times are getting harder and harder to get. What do you think? Should we start moving dirt again? No. Why no. not? We, we, we are at the right point where it's actually uh, enabling uh, courses to survive, uh, that they have demand and they have the number of rounds to, to be able to create the revenue to pay for everything that they need to do. Uh, if as soon as you start putting out more and there's an any any kind of inevitable uh, slowdown now everybody's suffering you know and you know I'm coming at it from the golf industry side you're coming at it from the consumer side yeah if there's more golf courses and less demand you get to pay lower prices because they've got a lower prices to compete we're trying to get keep the prices up so that the golf courses survive and that the in my case the PGA professionals survive but they also have programs to do and and you know food and beverage is good operation you know so from our perspective i think we're at where we want to be interesting Rose. I, I i agree i i think that um you know like uh down the street from us here is a beacon hill is um coming back to life and that's i think great to see that a club is coming back to life in our local area now you um, say you very, say it's coming back what's the target reopening September, October, and it really, and it's. I'll I'll drive you out there one of these days. It's. Uh, Do you remember when we did that podcast? I don't know if anyone listened to it or watched the video clip I took from the decrepit putting green yeah. with the weeds and everything else, and it was blisteringly hot. And I'm thinking to myself, yep. "This is so dumb. They're never turning this golf course on again." But they're actually <laughs> yeah. doing it. You know what? At the time, you're you're absolutely 100 percent right. <laughs> we we walked out of there and said, "No way." But you know, under the circumstances, it's a, it's a financially, it's it's able to be done because there's a special deal that's involved in leasing and low end, low low prices and all the other stuff. But to buy a piece of property these days and to build a golf course and then to think about making a profit is nonsense. All right. So for the for the listeners, and we do have many that are outside the D.C. area, even though we are the Capital Golf Gang and they love the show, and I thank you guys for listening. Let me just give you a quick explainer on this. So this private club was built, this course was built in Leesburg, Virginia, which is a good 45 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Is that about right, 45 minutes? In the, in the wealthiest county in the United States. Right, Loudoun County, Virginia, wealthiest county. 
And it was built on this amazing piece of property that was once owned by radio icon Arthur Godfrey, mm-hmm. who was a well-known newsman, I believe, or like yep. a, a music DJ. I forget what Arthur Godfrey did, but from the golden age of radio, Arthur Godfrey owned this chunk of land. It was several hundred acres, I believe, of rolling hills in the yep. Virginia countryside. And they developed it into a private championship golf course designed by Johnny Miller that when I played it, when it was still up and running was one of the most sadistically hard, insanely confusing layouts I've ever seen to the point where if you played it once, you're like, Oh my God, this is harder than Chinese trigonometry. What are we doing here? But beautiful. Yeah. And it it was 27 holes at the time. And, and uh, Alt Clark design was also involved in it at the beginning um, I think they kind of okay. brought in John Miller for some name. Right. But they they whittled it down just to the 18 holes that they thought would be aesthetically and um, playable. Um, and, uh, Zabe, it's, 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 you're going to, it's quite nice. Oh, I mean, no. I, I liked it. It was hard. It was really hard, but I, I did like it. But so it's incredible the layout up and down over ravines. And it's most importantly through, huge million dollar McMansions up on the Mm -hmm. ridges and the hills and the valleys. It's a spectacular neighborhood as well. And so these people that bought homes in this community saw the golf course go to seed around them and they must've been distraught. Yeah. And that I think is the unique aspect of the revitalization is because that property was still pretty much owned, I think, by the homeowners association. So they were able to work a financial situation where it isn't walking in and buying a ten million dollar property. Right. You know, could could be a one dollar lease for all I know. But that's how that was able to work. And when we talk about new golf courses, it's just not fiscally responsible to go through there. But um they yeah, have yes, the lane cost too much. Yeah, even if rooting. you yeah, even if you don't play golf, if you own a home in the neighborhood and the golf course is dormant and there's, you know, weeds all over the place, your home is worth less. Yep. Because you want to sell a home, even if you don't play golf, to somebody who might be a golfer is like, oh my God, what a great course. I'd love to live here. Yep. And I have quite a few friends that live in the neighborhood and they are ecstatic. Oh yeah. You said trees were going growing up in the bunkers. They had to cut I've never down- seen anything like it. I think it closed in 2000. 2000- <laughs> six or 2009 or something there were trees that were two feet wide growing in the bunkers so that's i don't know if that's bird poop that lays those things or just a leaf that falls in there <laughs> nature. but we're talking in that amount of well, time if you think nature about takes it over, baby. if you think about right <laughs> nature finds a way you're like uh, jeff goldblum in, in uh, jurassic right. park right uh yeah well you're talking 2004 to 2024 that's 20 years yeah yeah an oak so seedling will grow up to 35 feet tall in 20 years yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, well, crazy. that's that's uh that's really cool. Also, uh, for those that don't know the story, um, what's hilarious is so when the when the whole thing went under, there was people that were still owed money. You know, certain vendors, and I mm-hmm. believe the story was that uh, there was like irrigation guys that came out and literally ripped their irrigation stuff out of the ground, like the sprinkler heads and the pipes and the controllers. They're like, well, if you're not going to pay us, yoink. We're going to take as, as much as we can that's still usable. It's crazy. All the irrigation is fixed. All the irrigation is working. And Well, I can't wait to do a capital golf gang out there this summer. 
you know, they will have us. All right, good. All right, final one. Can you fix Scotty Scheffler's putting? For the love of God, it's now to the point where it's not even funny anymore. You just want to see him end his suffering and let him be the amazing golfer. He's already amazing, but let him finally soar. I feel like he's a bird with a broken wing who's flapping (laughs) around. Can that putting be fixed? Ronas, you've seen his putting. What is it? I can fix them in 15 minutes. It's it's just there's there's first of all there's no confidence whatsoever. He's going to have to come up with the game plan, but the first thing is the stabilization of the stroke in its path and the club face. And then what happens is since he is afraid of certain things or whatever and decels and the putter is not the putter head is not uh, controlled, then in a decel the toe may close up or whatever may happen. It's all just a matter of getting him to get the club straight back and straight through, and he's got to commit to that, whether it's the same thing I do with a 10-year-old or Scotty Scheffler. And the second thing is he's going to have to slowly, when doing that, build confidence because if he can do that, the club face will stay square and he'll be able to hit putts, and he'll find it really, really quickly. I've got a fix, Ronis. Yeah. He's just got to hit it closer to the hole. He's got to get yeah. his proximity down to it, two or three feet, two, and two, I think he can do two it. Or, two Polish. or three feet. Yeah. <laughs> His prox is already number one on tour. I know, but we got if and he's not winning uh, all the time, so we got to get it to two or three feet, and he'll make those putts. Right. Make most of them anyway. You're you're actually pretty smart. Okay, uh, well I I don't know what's I don't know what's going to be harder, getting the prox even tighter than it already is, or just fixing that stroke by getting more quote confidence because you know. They say that you know confidence only comes when you're actually putting well. So no, he's it's a change. chicken or the egg kind of situation, you know. He has to change the stroke, and then commit to that one thing. There's too many fooling arounds. But l- let me tell you, there has not been a phone call to me yet. But you would Can't pick it up it. for sure. I, it's and I don't, Fantastic. I don't anticipate it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, he, he's he's not desperate enough yet. Although I bet there's a lot of guys in his ear about that issue, the putting. Yeah. All right. Uh, boys, what do you got on your radar uh, for this week as we turn the page into March? We have our first tournament on fr- on Saturday, so the season is officially beginning for Country Club Golf. What's your and, tournament uh, at River Creek? Called the Frostbite. Nice. And uh, should be cold. Down, it's going to be terrible, and we'll just put our heads <laughs> down now and <laughs> grind away for eight months. <laughs> be freezing cold, and the ground will be soggy and brown. Yeah. But we're going to hit them, find them, and count them. That's how we do it. Ghoul, what about you? Yeah, we got a big, big weekend coming up. Our, we call it our super meeting, but it's uh, four days of events for our PGA professionals. We got our Hall of Fame and Awards Banquet on Sunday night, so I'll be sporting the tux. And then uh, Monday morning, we've got our meeting and our and our opening event that we talked about, our, our opening scramble with 120 players. And then uh, teaching summit Tuesday and Wednesday for a lot of our instructors. Unfortunately, Ronis is out of town and uh, he'll miss uh, being there or maybe even presenting there. But uh, um, so great. It's busy week for me, but uh, but it's always great. Joking it's around the start of the season. I was All joking right. around with John when we first got on, but um, we do have some great, great instructors in our section. I mean, like yeah. world-class instructors. So I will miss those guys presenting, but um, good luck with that. All right. Very good. Boys, as always, good run. I loved it. And uh, once I'm back here from uh, – the desert will start digging into the regular golf season, and I can't wait to do a whole season of shows with you guys, both on location and at Golfdom, like we normally do, and also when we can via 
internet connection. Awesome. All right, right boys. Hit him straight. We'll see you. All right. All right. But it went straight down the middle. The Capital Golf Gang is brought to you by Golfdom, and the 2024 golf season has arrived. You need to get to Golfdom at any of their locations in Tyson's, Annapolis, or Rockville and see the latest in clubs, apparel, shoes, and all the golf gear you'll ever need. Get fit for the latest club offerings at any of their locations and let the Golfdom fitters get you dialed in. While you're there, be sure to take a walk through their fabulous selection of apparel that will have you looking great on and off the course. Golfdom also offers full-service club repair to get your existing clubs ready, so get your clubs re-gripped. Check those lofts and lies, or upgrade that driver shaft. Golfdom has been in the D.C. market since 1982, but they've grown to three locations as part of the Worldwide Golf family. You can shop online at WorldwideGolf.com or visit Golfdom in Tysons, Virginia, or in Annapolis, or Rockville, Maryland. Golfdom, live the game.